Hey guys, and welcome to episode two of Muscles and Medicine Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Joe. And this week we're going to talk about exercise and how it can work in conjunction with nutrition and supplements um, for optimal health outcomes, improved physiques. We're also going to share a few tips on incorporating exercise into your daily routine and how to get started doing that. Um, so we're going to start with a would you rather question this week. A little icebreaker, a little something to warm us up. Go ahead, Joe. So, check this out, Aaron. All right, would you rather... Have the ability to lift twice your body weight, but never achieve visible muscle growth. Or have a chiseled physique, but only be able to lift your body weight. What if I can already do both? I'm just kidding. I totally can't. No, I would choose. This is very vain. I'd definitely choose to have a chiseled physique. And I would even be okay with not lifting my body weight. I'd be okay with lifting half my body weight. Yeah, I'd double down on that. Like, if I can be just like... If I can look like David Lade year round, but only be able to bench like one fifteen, who cares? Like, who's like? It looks like you can bench four hundred five. That's what I'm saying. Like, who who needs to pick up a truck if you look like you can pick up a truck? Or you know, you like, look like the truck. You are the truck. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, I agree. I have never like went to like hit on a girl and led off with like I bench three fifteen for reps. Well, that's where you and I are different. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> 315 for eight. What's up? I'm Aaron. I'm kidding. That's how I met Tori. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. Let's jump on into it. So if you want to go ahead and talk about what the topics we're going to be covering, we'll dive on into it. Importance of proper nutrition for performance based upon, you know, what your goal is. There's going to be different types of nutrition you need to implement. Benefits of exercise for mental well-being. um, How supplements can maximize performance and recovery and the right supplements. Uh, whether you're an athlete, fitness enthusiast, or just looking to optimize your health, this is a place, this is what you want to hear. So let's get started. All right. All right. We'll start off on the importance of proper nutrition for health and performance. I was having a conversation today with, uh, so I just acquired a new client. I'm going to be prepping for a bodybuilding show in September. His name's Kumi. Uh, Kumi used to play football at the University of the Cumberlands and is just a specimen of a man i think he's 23 if i remember correctly from his questionnaire uh like six foot maybe 511 like 255 and I, I don't think he'll be offended by me saying this because he said he pretty much said it he knows nothing about nutrition and I, i'd say he knows very little about like proper exercise for growth for growth, exactly. And this guy squatted, what was it, 575 for Something crazy. Well, he, five? I spotted him on like 475 for five. He, I know he's gotten close to six for like a single before, and it was easy. 475 for five. Yeah. So, I mean, still ridiculously impressive. You don't like almost double your body weight. For a set. For a full set. That reminds me of my bench press. Shut up. I'm kidding. But, like I said, he genuinely, or like, genuinely doesn't understand like what goes into it so i was like i was telling him when we was talking about prepping him for a show i was like you've gotten this far naturally and with little knowledge of yeah what you're doing just because like you know he has killer genetics man great work ethic obviously you know right. those two go hand in hand but i told him you know with proper nutrition we finally like dial in his diet like you know the possibilities are endless essentially so I don't know, just talk about with your experience, like from where you started at once you started to understand how the body works, like the differences in training for, or like the difference in your results once you started realizing, okay, this is what I need to do to evolve. So I think I learned a lot just by 
trial and error because I lifted for five or six years before I hired a coach. Sure. Started young, 17, 18. I thought chicken and rice and the protein shake had to be drank 30 minutes after working out. And if it wasn't within the 30 minutes, that workout didn't count. Why'd you even show up? Right. So I know me and Jordan Inman back in high school, we were we were taking protein shakers to class immediately after conditioning, dripping sweat, smelling like butt still. <laughs> so that's kind of where I started. And now I know, you know, that that's not true at all. You know, I mean, it's obviously optimal to get your glycogen levels back up after a hard workout, but it's if it's 45 minutes an hour you're you're gonna be okay there's so many fitness like so many myths yeah myths all this like bro science that goes into it and that's something that we'll have to cover and that's probably an episode like yeah we should do an episode just on fitness myths just the bro science aspect of it like myth busters exactly (laughs) except for fitness myth, myth busters so yeah i think that and learning how to train is a big thing too so i used to think 185 for a set of 10 on bench press if their last rep was hard that was a good set now obviously i'm much stronger i'm using Mm -hmm. much more weight and then what i'll do is i'll find a weight where if i'm doing a set of eight the last four to five reps i'm really pushing like i'm almost a failure like if i don't get the eighth rep that's fine so i think a lot of it's just learning how to train how to push your body past the perceived limits you had at one time you know because seven eight years ago I'd be like, man, that started to burn on the last rep. That was a good set. Now I'm like, man, that sucks the whole time. Yeah. Like it should suck the Start whole time. Start to finish. Yeah. And that's why I think like as you go, you learn how to establish how hard you need to train in different phases too. So like if you're two weeks out from a show, you're not training that way because you're going to get hurt. Exactly. If you're two months deep in the off season, that's how you're training. Every set is almost a failure, if not a failure. I remember I watched a video. Uh, I think it was Jeff Nipper did a – YouTube video on junk volume. And I always thought it was really interesting. Uh, remember starting out like the first couple months that I was training on my own, I thought, okay, I'm hitting arms today or I'm hitting chest today. I want to have 500 reps on the chest before I leave. Not thinking about like the quality of the set, like anything that I'm doing. I'm just doing like, like burst reps. Just or even like, the quality of the reps. Exactly. When you just started, you were just, shooting for 500 reps exactly didn't matter how you got them didn't matter how i got there so i'd go in there and i see a lot of guys doing it now where they're doing like you know every exercise is a drop set to failure every exercises and i like the you know i think the the intensity being there is good because i also see a lot of guys that kind of over science it and they're like really you know focusing on the eccentrics of the mo- of the motion and they're really focusing on a lot of these little things and they're like trying to make sure they're at rpe 7 the entire time i hate the rpe thing kills me but like they're like over sciencing it the entire time and at some point you have to remember like okay you just like train with some intensity and train with some purpose understand what your goal is understand where you're supposed to be feeling the motions feeling the movements but at the same time like don't just i don't know like i said still bring that same intensity to each set if that makes any sense right don't just pick and choose it's every set so we're going to talk a little bit also about macronutrients micronutrients how those can also attribute to your physical well-being so as far as macronutrients you've got carbs fats proteins and and, and alcohol i guess if and, you i guess i don't know it, it is technically one because it is a calorie, but we're not going to talk about those because we're going to assume everyone that listens to this doesn't drink, 
doesn't even do cheat meals. Would never. No, we would are. never engage. So carbohydrate, four calories per gram of carbohydrates. A fat gram, nine calories. A gram of protein, also four calories. So as you can see, a lot of your energy comes from fat. I think that's where a lot of like fats get demonized is because mm-hmm. like it's a very simple, okay, I want to restrict my calories. Let's go low fat. Low fat was super popular when fitness started become popular in like the eighties, nineties. You see a lot of their, like yeah. a lot of the foods that was like, that was their branding. It's similar to way uh, today, like keto, you know what I'm saying? No sugar, low carb is like the thing. I think back in, you know, eighties, nineties, that was like no fat diets were, super popular and what people don't realize is the effect that going drastically low in your fats has on your heart health your hormone levels it destroys your cholesterol exactly your hdl so you oftentimes hear good cholesterol bad cholesterol ldl is quote unquote bad cholesterol hdl is good cholesterol so you want so much good cholesterol because that is cardioprotective it helps keep your body from building those plaques so there, there's a healthy range for fat and everyone's maybe a little different. It depends on your activity level. So like for me in the off season, I may get up to 90 or hundred grams of fat a day. And that's, if I'm doing hundred grams of fat a day, that's 900 calories mm-hmm. just from fat and prep. I may get as low as 35 and stay there for a while, but also prep isn't a state I'm going to stay in for an extended period of time. See, I think that's something just real quickly. When we talk about some of the later stages of a contest prep, the numbers we are going to use are going to be very drastic and they're not for an extended period of time. Right. It's you, not healthy. You're not, you don't want to eat 30, 35 grams of fat your whole life. The effects it would have on your body. Like, you know, even we talk, you know, six, eight weeks would really like, you could see some long-term damage. Oh yeah. I've done it. See, eight, 10 weeks and your joints hurt. Your cholesterol, your HDL panel does not look good. Um, your triglycerides will be low because you're not getting much fat at all. But there's also another side to that where you're eating too much fat, which I often see in, in keto patients that I see that are doing this keto diet, no carb, no carb, it's healthy, it's healthy, which in reality is not true because most of them are eating 200 grams of fat a day, cheese on this, cheese on this, nuts, nuts, peanut butter, peanut butter, and that's fine. All those things are good in moderation. So are carbohydrates. You and I talk a lot about how how like drastically against the ketogenic diet that we are just if nothing else for a performance aspect Mm -hmm. i don't think that there has ever been a time where i've tried to put a client full keto unless it was um like say a client that was I, i did have one that was drastically overweight and she was losing mobility it was to a point where she needed to get weight off quickly yeah and this was like a six to eight week period where we switched to a full ketogenic diet just to get i think we dropped like 35 40 pounds and was able to get her a little bit more but she started heavier so 35 or 40 pounds and someone who's heavier is that's what i'm saying we're not the same as someone who starts at you know a reasonable body weight also you know that there's other ways you could have done that as well you could have restricted fats back low too sure but you chose not to because of the effects if you're doing how long did you say it took? That was like six to eight weeks we were yeah. on keto. So six to eight weeks of low carb is probably realistically a little healthier than six to eight weeks of extremely low fats. Mm-hmm. Realistically, you could have done it either way. Sure. And I think that people don't understand that. Like when we talk about like losing a pound a week or something along those lines, or we talk about some of the numbers we would drop in like the early stages of prep. Again, like prep is a very extreme 
you know, time frame, but for someone that's three, 400 pounds, for them to lose three to four pounds. It's not, yeah, it's reasonable. It's reasonable, exactly. Think of it percentage-wise. If someone that, you know, is 200 pounds loses five pounds in a week versus someone that's 400 pounds loses five pounds in a week, percentage-wise. I had a client this week actually just started with me. He's 240. He's jacked. That's just the only term for it. Dude is jacked. He's very strong. He's very athletic. He's a freak. So he lost four pounds first week. I didn't freak because it's the first week. Now, say he checks in Friday, he's lost four more. I'm adding 300 calories back immediately. Sure. So everyone's different. Like everyone's requirements are different. And if you're starting at 350, 400 pounds, and you're trying to cut to 20 carbs, you're going to suffer for a while. That's going to be terrible. So I, I try to stay away from keto if I can. But like you said, there are extreme cases where you'll do it and it works. Um, I know competitors have done it the past last two, three, four weeks of prep, and it works great to get off that last little bit. Um, but it's also a controlled, a very controlled situation when, when it's for a client versus it's someone guessing. So, you know, in a client, it's everything's weighed to the gram versus, you know, someone out there just saying, you know, I'm staying away from carbs, but I can eat all the nuts I want. So the little boxes, I don't remember how many ounces it is. The little boxes of almonds, just smokehouse almonds, are, um, it's a smaller one. Not the, the huge can, the little, little can. Yeah, oh, not the huge ones. Yeah. They're awesome. I can smash a whole jar in probably 30 minutes. But you should it's not. 1,800 calories. <laughs> That's your so daily intake if you're dieting. Yeah. If you're not, not us dieting, but not a bodybuilder dieting. But like if you're just an average, and that's okay to be average, 175 pound male sure. and you're trying to lose down to 160 and you're eating a whole jar of smokehouse almonds there's your daily calories right there and it's like 70 percent fat it's kind of wild to think about no kidding no kidding and like you said i think it's just you know when carbs get demonized it's just as long as i don't have this one macronutrient then i can consume as much as these as much of these quote healthy foods that I want. I think that was a misconception that I had not around keto, but that you could eat as much protein as you wanted whenever you first started exercising. And there was no, no limits. There was no limits. What, to that. what those kidneys say about that though? <laughs> kidneys were upset. Yeah. But all right. So we've talked about carbs. We talked about fats, Let's jump into protein, jump into proteins. So obviously everyone is aware I hate to say obviously, but as most people that have been in the fitness industry for a while are aware, you want to prioritize getting in as much protein as your body will, I'll say allow. Is. Yeah. So usually for most of my male clients, we're aiming for close to that gram per pound of body weight yeah. as kind of like a baseline. I know that's a very like cookie cutter kind of thing but if you can get to the point where the client can sustain that gram per pound of body weight and if you get somebody that's 260 270 obviously that's a ton of protein yep when you think about how yeah you know so, yeah and, and like joe's saying everyone also can do it a little differently realistically so like for me personally right now i'm 240 ish and i was 265 fasted before i cut to 240 and i was doing i think 310 grams of protein a day at 265 so if you're 150, 160 pound, you do not need 300 grams of protein under any circumstance. So at that, I was having to drink a gallon and a half, two gallons of water because I know the effects of dehydration 
and too much protein and exercise, constant exercise, constant tissue breakdown. Those can be detrimental on your kidneys. Um, you know, your muscle enzyme levels, it can, it can get really ugly. So like Joe's saying, if you're just generally trying to get into fitness, one gram per pound is great. And if you are over, I'm even going to say if you're over 200 pounds, stay at 200 grams. So if you're starting wanting to lose weight and you're 350 pounds, do not try to take in 350 grams of protein. Go to 0.6 per pound of body weight. Go to 200 grams and stay there. Now for female clients, where's your, because I, I, I rarely ever get to the point where I'm at a gram per pound with a lot of my female clients. They'll get there if they're with me for a long period of time. Yeah. Let's say a woman's 140 pounds, then we might start at 70. You know, that's just. Yeah. So I usually try to get them up to 0.8. So okay. like it depends on their weight too. So like I have one client, she's been killing it for the past two months. She has realistically only lost about eight pounds. But if you looked at her, you would think, She's lost 15 or 20 just because of the transformation. Total, like recomposition. But before, she was realistically probably getting 40 grams of protein in a day. She's now getting 130. But she's also 5'10", 5'11", 160. So 130 is okay. But it, I didn't start her at 130. I think I started her at like 105, 110. And I was like, okay, make sure you get this. Then we'll adjust as we go. And she's up to... Either 130 or 140, and she's holding right there and doing fine. No GI issues, so I'm going to leave it. And I don't think I'll need to adjust it anymore. I think that's reasonable. But like you said, you can even start at 0.5, 0.6 per, per body weight, too. It's just about, like I said, prioritizing it. It was something that I noticed where... Yeah, I'd get into relationships with girls that are like in the fitness industry and are like, well, have been exercising for an extended period of time. And they think that they're eating like, you know, they're really getting their protein in this, that and the other. And I remember uh, specifically those one girl I was with for an extended period of time and her breakfast was two slices toast of no, three slices of turkey bacon, like oh. two slices of toast and was like, I'm getting my protein. In. And then for lunch we would eat and she would get like, uh, she would probably take like two chicken tenders, sear it, grill it or whatever, and then a cup of minute rice, and then she wouldn't eat like the rest of the day, and then after work. So she got like, 35 grams of protein in probably. And for dinner was getting like, it was super late whenever she got off work. She would get like two single cheeseburgers from McDonald's. She's like, okay, there, there's some. That realistically, I mean, there's honestly, probably, there's some. what, 20 per cheeseburger? Maybe? Well, I mean, think about like a slice of turkey bacon. Usually I think the, it's, it's, like, very, it's they're like 30 calories per slice, and it's like two fat, three protein. So you're looking at. Yeah, so there's six. Six. Maybe 10 if there's two in the, each piece of toast. Two to three in it. Two to three, unless it's that high-protein bread. Sure. We'll call it 10. And then for the, you know, four ounces of chicken breast, maybe 20 right there, roughly. 2025. 20, 2025, 20, yeah. Call it 23 or 33. And then, you know, how realistically, how much is in two? I, mean, I don't know. I'm going to find out, though, right we, now. We have the technology. The future's now, folks. So Derek says we're at 15.4. Oh, I was close. I, said, I knew there were two of them, 30. Calories. So for two of them, 30. So we were at, what, 53 for the day? Which I guess isn't terrible, but she was 55. Like, give her, we'll give her 55. But we're saying for someone that's like 140 pounds. Like, she you, probably needs 90, 100 at least. So like with most girls, we'll start them at. And, you know, I'm trying to just get like, usually like we can go for something. I'll say this. Most of the female clients that I work with, I try to accommodate with them a little bit more than I do the guys. I've always joked that guys are like dogs. If they see results, you just put the same yes. thing in their bowl every day. They're like, if I it's working, just same time, same meal. They'll just come back. Rinse, repeat. Love it. 
girls are a little bit pickier. So I'm like, what are you eating right now? Let me see if I can make it a little bit healthier. Uh, a lot of them living right here in London, they're going to Starbucks or they're going to Dunkin' Donuts. So they all do coffees in the morning. So I started doing the like the start cold brew with like a premier protein shake in there. You can put a little bit of caramel in there. That's pretty good. That's pretty solid. That's close to what they were getting already. Now, is it the exact same thing? No. However, we're getting 30 grams of protein. Making progress. We're making progress. Prioritizing protein, increasing satiety. It's a start. So in terms of just like tips on creating plans based on their needs or their goals, it's just I think you have to kind of meet people halfway. Right. As for a general nutrition client, let's talk about what you the foods that you like. Let's talk about what your daily lifestyle is like. And let's see what minor changes we can make to start yeah. making some progress in that direction. So for an example, let me pull up one of my generals. Then I'll also pull up one of my clients that are currently in prep. I'll also pull up a female and a male. And like Joe said, there are differences. And it, it also depends upon how serious the client is. Like Cody Shepard from Corbin. Sure. This is who I mentioned was an absolute freak earlier. He's impressively strong for 235 pounds. He said, listen, I'm so serious about this. Let's do what we got to do. I, I want to be lean. I want to see what I look like shredded. I've gained the size. His plan is as strict as if he is in prep. And he has not deviated. I don't think he's deviated a gram the past two weeks. He sent me pictures of every meal. I that, love it. That honestly doesn't surprise me. Cody was somebody that I saw. He was posting like pictures of his meal prep on right before he got with Aaron on like Facebook and right. Snapchat. And I was seeing it and the effort was there, but I could see like it was like little things like the yeah. sauces he was using. Like he was using like I think he was using like the G huge yum yum sauce. Those small things. It was little things where he was adding a ton of calories and didn't realize it. I was like, man, I thought about it because I've talked to him a lot about Good guy. Great guy. Works hard. And I was like, man, we just show him like a couple of those little tricks. Yeah, and that's what he said. He and he, he came to me. He's like, listen, I know you know how to get people shredded. I need your help. I have the work ethic, which he's shown, obviously, by the changes he's already made, the transformation he's made. He's like, I'm willing to do the work if you lay out a plan. And like I said, first week down four pounds. And I think realistically in 10 weeks, he's going to be peeled just because he's following. So that's. That's for, you know, just one example. And then, like, here is a, a female patient. She gets a, uh, one of those uh, extreme wellness wraps True. with some cheese. I'm not going to give out the amounts because I don't want you out there trying to steal this. So she gets a slice of cheese, a little bit of an apple, um, some oven-roasted chicken. She doesn't always have time to cook, so she gets some oven-roasted chicken from Kroger. It's a boar's head brand. It's super good if you need to implement that in anyone's plan. That's her meal, too. Meal three is chicken breast, green beans, and some butter um, just to get those fats in. Also, fats for females, very important for hormone regulation, as they are in men. But um, pre-workout is chicken breast, rice, peanut butter, and a big muffin from Kroger. And then post-workout is Cheerios, milk, Carb Master milk, and some protein. So, I mean, that's really not that hard to follow. It's not the... You know, like a plain chicken rice no, three can, to four times a day. You put a sauce on everything. Exactly. And I always give like an approved sauce list. Yep. And I don't know if you do this, but I started putting a snack list on most of my plants. It's just like, nah. this is a... <laughs> Not really. Well, no, if someone asked me though, if they're like, hey, I'm traveling, what should I get? Of course I can shoot them something. Well, this is the difference. And Aaron, like on top of being a PA, the clients he works with, you got what, 12 to 15 12, 13 right now. See, yeah, and I'm upwards of 40 to 50 most of the year. This is my, you know, this is my primary, primary source of income. This is what I do for a living now. So for me, if I've got 12 people that just happen to be on vacation the same week, they're like, what do I need to do? Yeah. 
I, I try to put a lot of those like little fail safes in there. So yeah, if someone's going on vacation, I'll make them a vacation week plan. Sure. Yeah. So what I would usually do is realistically on vacation, you're going to be at the beach. You're going to be doing stuff with your family. You're not going to have time to eat five meals. And if you <laughs> no. do, that's a, that's a boring vacation. Don't, don't eat five meals. And unless you're in prep, enjoy your vacation, enjoy your time with your family. Like I'll be like, okay, this is what I want you to eat for breakfast. Do this for lunch. You know, if you have a midday, let's do this. Go out to eat with your family in the evening. Go you just do give that. them a Enjoy little bit that. of wiggle room. Well, I reference to clients a lot whenever. Uh, so Aaron, his wife, and I, we all went to Savannah last year and spent, you know, like a week around my birthday. It was a great time. But what we did, because we knew we were going to be snacking a lot, but, you know, we was going to try some different restaurants. We were wanting to, like, kind of enjoy the nightlife. We started every morning. There was a little gas station about, what, a mile and a half away from us. And yeah, so I think it was between there and back, it was right at three miles because I was at like 6,500 steps. Sure. So we would start every morning. I'd wake up first. I'm an, I'm an early bird. I get up before Aaron and Tori. They like to sleep. They're normal people. I get it. But I would wake up, walk to this gas station, snag us an energy drink, come back, and I'd start making omelets. It was like egg white omelets, and then I'd throw some peppers and onions in there. They'd hit their walk. By the time they got back, we had that ready. The whole purpose behind that was, okay, let's get – 30 40 grams of protein in let's go ahead and get some like get movement some, yeah get some movement get some steps in and then did a lighter lunch i think we were you know had some meal prep that we had yeah we did us. light lunch i mean we would do chicken and sweet potatoes that we brought down and then i think we would maybe eat another meal it just depends on what we were doing i mean sometimes we would grab two meals out but realistically like i probably gained three or four pounds that week but by we got back on Saturday or Sunday, mm-hmm. by Monday or Tuesday, it was back off. Exactly. Just because it was in moderation. Made and, good decisions. Yeah. And then, like, for clients that are going on vacation, as far as alcohol, just don't be dumb. Sure. Just, you know, just think of your body as a temple. I don't think it's, if you're one of my clients and you ask me what to do, I'm going to say, enjoy yourself, but be smart. You don't have to go out and get hammered drunk with your family every night on vacation. That, you know, and if you do, that's fine. Sure. We'll, we'll, we're going to fix it. We'll, we'll address it when you get back. I'm going to call you an idiot, but I'll have to come back you know, to dad at some point. Yeah, be smart. Um, there, there, and, and all this is a learning curve. You know, as you go, these are things you learn. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit about exercise as being a tool for your well-being, um, mental well-being, physical well-being, getting muscular, losing weight. How to kind of implement that? Yeah. So, I mean. I see a lot of people get into the gym initially. It's usually just like a, for like superficial reasons, you know, it's just like you're not super confident within yourself or you're wanting to like make some adjustments. You know, maybe it's like the doctors told you, you know, you need to drop a little bit of weight. Something's going on. Blood pressure's high. Sure. Blood sugar's high. Something's wrong. And then you get in there and like once you become comfortable with being in that environment, you get through that like initial like, you know, the social butterflies or the anxiety of it it becomes a bit of a stress reliever. I know like for me, the 45 minutes to an hour and 15 a day that I get to go in there and just put my headphones on and kind of have some me time. It's really like a good reset for me for the rest of the day. And that's something that like I told you with this last prep, whenever I started to kind of lose that enjoyment, I was thinking of it as so much work that like I wasn't, it wasn't giving me that stress relief. I was just like, it wasn't fulfilling. Exactly. I was right. like so hypercritical of my physique the entire time I was exercising that I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Yeah. I think, uh, 
I agree with that. And, you know, everyone starts for some reason, you know, and then you get in the gym, you start making friends, you start developing that confidence. And, and then your reason kind of changes because it's like you feel empty if you don't go, if you don't get that fulfillment of, or that, you know, that stress relief of that 30, 45 minutes of just head down, headphones in, time to yourself. I mean, even if you have a workout partner, that that's fine too. But, you know, a lot of it is just, for me anyways, now, which I enjoy training, I enjoy growing muscles, getting shredded, all that jazz. But a lot of it is just the, in, like, when I get home from work, the moment for me. And I can just, which the garage gym helps a lot now. I have everything I need here. Blast some music and just go at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that the garage gym was huge for you. Just Aaron and I would be, we would try to go to the gym and work out in like Corbin or Williamsburg, London, anywhere in this area. And Aaron and I are very well known in this area. And I absolutely love that. I love, like I train a lot of different people online in person, but it would be to the point where like, say I spent two weeks down in Williamsburg and I didn't work out at the Corbin gym. I finally go to try and hit a workout at the Corbin gym with Aaron and it's guys I've, it's not, impossible. I've not seen people in two yeah, weeks yeah, so yeah. they're swarming but he wants a podcast like you know where's the you know i hear you're, you're opening the business prep? are you still in prep yeah all kinds of just how you how's it going how's work what are you taking that's a common question too <laughs> looking crazy man we we running nothing nothing none you no <laughs> milk thistle um so yeah that that was a lot of the reason behind the home gym and there, there are other reasons as well um just kind of my thing is time management. You know, I'm at work five, ten hour shifts and then a three or four hour after work. So I'm realistically I spend fifty five hours a week at work. We're trying to open another business. I'm training ten to twelve clients online. That takes up my Saturdays. Also have a wife, two dogs, loving family that I need to spend time with. So yeah, there there were a lot of reasons, man. Like it saved me a twenty minute drive to the gym, twenty minute drive back, and probably thirty minutes of talking at the gym. And that is taking, that's putting it lightly. And it was conversations that I didn't necessarily always start. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I love that. I love, but I'm at a point in my life where time management is so important right now. You you can spread yourself too thin yeah. very quickly. And, you know, I've learned that if you try to spread yourself too thin, some things are going to get neglected yeah. just naturally. Like my home life. Exactly. One, like I was, you know, I was getting up at six. At the time when I was starting prep, I was getting up at 5.45, at the gym by 6, cardio for 30, back home by 6.40, get in the shower, get ready, take the dogs out, kiss Tori by 7.30, at work by 8.15, do some notes to catch up from the day before, work 8.30 to 5.30, home at 6, meal at 6.15, sit down for 30 minutes, leave for the gym, 25-minute drive there, start working out at 7.45, get done at 8.45, then you got if you have extra cardio at the end of prep, there's another 20, 30 minutes. Someone's always going to talk, get home at 10 o'clock, eat your last meal. It's bedtime. That was day in, day in, day out. Just so it got old. Something I've always kind of been curious about with your opinion on. So fasted cardio or a fasted workout of any kind. I've done them a lot. Obviously with our contest prep, we have to do them a lot. And it's to the point now where I think I've became a lot more of a morning person as a result of that. Like I referenced earlier, it's to the point now where I like, I really enjoy training in the mornings. I don't train fasted, but I train very early. And so there'll be mornings where I'll wake up at 
four or five in the morning. I'll go and do my workout. A lot of that started to become a thing because it was, I was having some issues with sleep. But once I got down there, I realized I was like, okay, I don't know any of these people that work out at five in the morning. So I wasn't getting those questions. So right. I really enjoyed that at first. I was really productive throughout my day. But then when it started happening, it was like I said, you spread yourself too thin, some things suffer. I'm leaving work at 7 p.m. Uh, at the Williamsburg gym on my way back. I've still got to train Travis. It's my dentist. I train him from eight to nine. Now I'm coming in. Now any friends, uh, any like yeah. relationship, you know, they're getting off work too. Like, you know, we want to go get something to eat or, you know, can I see you this, that, and the other. I don't have anything to give you. I've been right, going since. Out. I've, been, I've been going for yeah. 19, 20 hours now at this point. So I can, that's kind of exactly what I'm saying. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way when I say, Everyone tries to come talk to me. That's a beautiful thing. I love talking to people. I've I have so many friends, and I'm very blessed to have as many friends as I do. But it started affecting my you know my personal time, my life, which is fine. I still talk to most of those guys through text message every day in one way or another. Um, but it got to where like I would be working out, and my patients would come up to me and like, "Hey, uh, such and such is going on with so and so. What do you think's going on?" I'm like, "Man, I'm trying to work out." I don't, which is you know, I, I really appreciate that they put that faith in me, but at the same time, it comes to a point where, like, I have to turn that part of me off. Mm-hmm. And I think since I've gotten the home gym, I've kind of gotten away from the commercial gym setting. I can come in here and just put myself through misery for 45 minutes to an hour. I think I've seen a lot of self-improvement in myself, um, in my relationships, in my time. I think I've grown a lot and, and just realized that, hey, you know, people that are truly your friends that aren't just there when they need things are still going to be there whether you work out at home or whether you stop working out completely so i think that that was a lot of it was the aspect of like man if i if i stop going to that gym are they going to be mad at me and you know the people who get mad at you for changing gyms and bettering yourself and building your own or whatever those aren't your friends anyway so exactly yeah i mean all my friends from that gym that are you know that i still talk to have came here and lifted multiple times sure you know i've had friends come in from lexington lift here it just so, like I said, it, it, in the end, I've done it for, for myself, my relationships, and it, it was so worth it. And now I have a cool gym in my garage. It's also true. It's so also it works true. out. I think ultimately it just becomes a matter of, well, we've talked about this before, and I'm sure we'll reference it a thousand times, it's just being self-aware. If you're at a point where you're already spreading yourself too thin, make the adjustments you need to. That way you don't end up pushing things away or you don't start letting your you know, your physical health, mental health, whatever, start to suffer. Yeah, because once it does, it's a spiral. So we're going to dive into um, also a little bit of supplement talk for the first time on the podcast. So this is going to get really interesting. It's exciting. The first supplements we're going to discuss are obviously not the ones everyone sends on the uh, NGLs and ask you questions about, but it's going to be like your basic protein powders, creatine, your pre-workout, your BCAAs, and kind of how they can enhance your performance, promoting recovery, which obviously lead to increased performance. Those things kind of go hand in hand. Recovery performance for me or, you know, they hold hands. Absolutely. I think just as a quick like side note, it's just I don't think that people prioritize recovery enough in terms of how it will affect your performance. This idea that you need to – Austin Ponder is a great example. Austin is a client of mine. He's been with me for right at a year now, I believe. It was like last April when he started with me. Austin is an energizer bunny. He is go, go, go all the time. He runs a collision repair center in Williamsburg, Kentucky, and managing all those guys and all those personalities. He does so much production. I think that has led him to have this 
go, go, go mindset. This fear of stopping. Exactly. So we'd get into the gym, and when he started with me, he had taken, I think he said he hadn't been active with anything in like six months, and he had put on a little bit of excess body fat, and I could tell he was wanting to go, 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 but he was just not there conditioning. He just couldn't go, go, go. And as he started to get back in better shape, it's just his hunger to do more just increased and increased. And it was to the point where I'd kind of have to pull him back. I was like, that's not what we're going for right now. You're doing a full hit workout right now. We're not trying. That's not what we're aiming for. And it's to the point now where I really have to pull him back because now he's in the shape to do that. He's in killer shape, but he'll do. He did five one-on-one sessions a week with me. And then I'd talk to him on Saturday, and he'd be like, yeah, TJ and I are going to go down and hit some more legs this week. And I'm like, ah, you know, you've already – he was doing some boxing on the side. I was like, look, man, you need to kind of like pull back a little gotta bit. got to recover. you got to recover. And then he, I hear he goes again on Sunday. He's like, I just did my abs and did a little cardio. And I was like, you need to recover. Out of nowhere, he sends me a text on like Saturday, and he's like, my shoulder's blown out. He said I was trying to do pull-ups, and I've just blown my shoulder out. And it was like a week he had to take off, and he was just the most irritable person in the yeah, world because he was so he was, yeah was so upset that he couldn't. And that's be not in him, there. no, at all. No, he was just so aggravated that he couldn't be in there. So we right. had to adding to what we were talking about earlier, my recovery just due to getting an extra hour of sleep from my home gym. That drive there and back, those twenty thirty minutes I was going to spend goofing off. I now get to sleep and like my mood during the day has improved. My mood at work has improved. How alert I am has improved all because I recover more. So yeah, there's there, there are also supplements to promote recovery. You know, there's ZMA, which is a really popular supplement. Gosh, there's a ton of sleep supplements, you know, kind of help you fall asleep. Melatonin, which I don't really see many people in the fitness industry using melatonin as much as I do ZMA. Um, ZMA also is not really the end all be all of sleep. It's not going to, you know, fix everything. A lot of sleep is just practicing like what environment you sleep best in. So for example, good sleep routine, good sleep habits, similar times, wake at similar times, light, light's a big thing. Don't sleep with your TV on. That's one thing, you know, cause if you've ever noticed when you close your eyes, you can still see the TV light when the light's getting in your eyes your brain is still having to work for that light. So there, there are all sorts of little things you can do. I mean, and I'm, I'm a sucker for sleeping with the TV on myself. I'll just fall asleep and then always wake up and turn it off. Let's talk a little about protein powders though. So I was having a conversation with Kumi earlier this week about this actually, when he first starts his plan. So I always start clients in their first two weeks where I'm really trying to establish a BMR. I'm really just trying to figure out what works for their body. So it's a very cookie cutter plan to begin i know derek you know he can attest to that he's been on it himself but like the first two weeks it'll be like you know a simple like oatmeal chicken and rice basic uh, basic very basic exactly and so with the oats i always throw a little bit of protein powder in there he sends me a picture he said this is the protein powder i'm using and it was body fortress like what you get from walmart the like 40 grams per scoop or two scoops or whatever and I started explaining to him about some of the supplements that you'll get from Walmart. The reason they're so much more cost effective at Walmart, and I had a conversation with Shiloh over at NutriShop about this. The reason they can make them so like cost effective, obviously they're buying them in wholesale and there's things of that nature. That's how they're able to offer them. But if you start paying attention to the like the quality of the protein that they're using, mm-hmm. it'll be the same supplement company. It would be like, I remember Dimatize, I believe, was offered in there. They're not putting the same kinds of protein. Mm-hmm. There's some 
gray areas within the supplement industry where there are where there are some things you don't necessarily have to report in big letters exactly and there are certain things where it was like certain amino acids can be counted as proteins as proteins yeah. and your body's not re receiving them the same way but they can still say 30 grams of protein protein per yeah. scoop so and i always have everyone use a whey isolate sure less calories less fat usually zero or one to two carbs for example a really popular protein when i was younger was synthesis and i always thought it tasted so good and it does it tastes great you get some banana synthesis two tablespoons of peanut butter some milk mm, it's great you're also going to gain weight so let me go over the profile of just i don't even know which flavor this is i just pulled it up on my phone the nutrition facts per one rounded scoop 200 calories, 6 grams of fat, 15 carbs, and 22 grams of protein. So that's on synthesis protein, which it tastes good, but it also has 15 carbs and 6 grams of fat. So most of your calories you're actually not even getting from protein. Well, time out. Like, I always like to reference this. I remember I started noticing this in Quest Bars was the first place I noticed this. So do the math really quick on you know, 22 plus 15. So that's 37 times four. And then you said it was another like six grams of fat. I'm fairly sure that is more than 200 calories. Mm -hmm. So, so 22 times four plus 15, 30, it'd be actually be 37 times four. Yeah, 37 times four is 148. Okay. Plus six times nine is 54. It's actually 202. So it's really oh, okay. close. Well, yeah. just, and you can report within like five calories either way. That's why you see a lot of zero calorie stuff. That's actually like three calories. Sure. But they can report it as zero. Well, I remember with the Quest bars, this is the first place I started noticing mm -hmm. it because Quest counts net carbs whenever they're doing theirs. So they're like the chips, uh, it was like a chocolate chip one yeah, or something. On the like front, that. it'll say X amount of carbs. Four carbs. And then it says on the like nutrition label, it'll say it's 180 calories. And then you do the math and it's like 250. And you're like, wait, how does that make sense? It's because they're only calculating the net carbs. They're not counting the fiber. fibers. Yeah. So they subtract that from the total carbs. Exactly. And, yeah. So then like you get somebody that's just looking at that top number and they're not, that's another thing, not looking at like serving sizes when you start weighing things out. Yeah. You know, a, I do that when I eat Reese's fast breaks. So uh, <laughs> the serving size of a king size. <laughs> is actually one third of that bar or one half. Yeah. So when I eat the whole one, it's actually 420 calories. That's crazy. You're yeah. telling me you don't have the self-control to only eat half of the Reese's fast break. That's exactly what I'm saying. So as I was talking earlier about the synthesis, so the, the one I try to get people to get, it's called Domitized ISO 100 and try to stay away from the ones at Walmart. Cause they're going to be cheaper because of exactly what Joe was saying earlier. I think for 71 scoops this is about 95 bucks realistically now on amazon you can find it cheaper sometimes but listen to the difference between this and synthesis for one scoop it's 120 calories 0 0.5 grams of fat two grams of carbs with one gram of fiber and 25 grams of protein so like just the makeup is so much better and that, that's why you know it's so important to know what supplements are quality supplements and what supplements are not because you go to a GNC and homeboy in there is going to tell you the synthesis tastes great. You know, if you're trying to restrict your calories and even like I said, if you're doing keto, you may not even look at the back of that and you may throw two scoops. There's 30 carbs. You're over your limit for the day, not including the peanut butter that has carbs that you're going to throw in there too. Then you're getting, you know, high on fats. That's 
20 grams of fat too between those things. So you just got to be really aware. Um, and that takes time. It really just takes time. As a quick reference to uh, something that one of the protein powders I recommend to all my clients, this is just something on a local level. If you're one of our listeners, it's going to be within our, you know, tell them we sent you go to NutriShop of London, Kentucky, a little shameless plug here, but that was genuinely, this is my favorite protein powder of all time. It's called Hydro Pro. Yes. It's very good. Taste is fantastic. They, uh, it's by Evo Chem Nutrition. I had never heard of them. NutriShop uses some brands that I haven't heard of before, but because of our relationship with Shiloh, I have tried several of them. So I've been able to kind of decipher mm-hmm. between like some of the good quality things and some of the ones that I just wouldn't recommend. HydroPro, I would definitely recommend just to go through their macronutrient profile. You're looking at 120 calories per 32 gram scoop, zero grams of fat, two carbohydrates, 27 grams of protein. Right. About as clean as you can get. Yeah, very similar to Domitize minus that half gram of fat. Exactly. And they move, it's the same calories, but it's because it's protein. Sure, yeah. yeah. We're talking very, like, you know, Mind half a gram of, uh, of fat. You know, we're talking yeah. about four calories. Right. Not going to make or break your uh, fitness But journey. that is, you know, just for someone who's looking local, you go there, mention the podcast, mention me, Joe, you get a discount, 15%, which is really good, especially on protein because that gets expensive. Um, we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about creatine as well. Give us the breakdown really quickly. Uh, so it's a steroid. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an anabolic steroid. Roughly no. 40 to 50 pounds of lean muscle tissue should be expected yeah. within the first 30 days. And this is not medical advice. No. So, uh, so Aaron is definitely not a doctor. I'm definitely not. Just kidding. But yeah, so it's, no, creatine is not a steroid. Creatine is not my mom used to always say it was bad for me very bad for me you get you can get creatine from food um most of the time it's people just supplement it creatine what it helps do is you're going to retain more water intracellularly you're going to be fuller you're going to have better pumps you get better nutrient carrying capacity is the way i'm going to say it that's understandable uh it's the best way i can put it with out Sounding like a Sizing nerd. it up, yeah. Yeah. So, having more water in the muscle is going to lead to what? You're going to gain weight. You know, so that's like, if I've been off creatine, and, and take into consideration at 207, or say 210, 212 pounds, I am 5% body fat, 6% body fat at that weight. I start taking creatine, I'm going to gain Four to five pounds in a week, usually, if I take it how I'm supposed to. Sure. And if I stop it in two weeks, I'm going to lose that. That doesn't mean you gain five pounds of muscle. That doesn't mean you lose five pounds of muscle. That means you're not holding five pounds of water or you are holding five more pounds of water. But there are benefits of creatine. What is your opinion on the loading phase? I have always advised against it. I've, I don't do it. I don't. I, I, I mean, don't have I any have of my everyone, I have everyone on creatine, too. Five grams, intra-workout. Yep. I think it's a I think it's a waste of money. Absolutely, I think you're wasting your money because you're going to get there. Like you're, I think it's like 20 grams the first three three days or something like there's that. There's all kinds of protocols. It's the same way it's with nuts. anabolics. There's all kinds of protocols. Sure. Like I have like a some clients that would be like, you know, the enhanced clients would be like, man, do I need to take off? X amount up front and then taper off. I'm like, no. I'll say uh, another misconception that I see is just that you only need creatine on your training days. No, not true. The creatine maintains its potency by getting it every day. Pre-workout's another another supplement that we see used and oftentimes overused. 
Um, this is one, instead of just talking about benefit, we can also talk about some the negative side of pre-workout and how these stemmed up pre-workouts at 400 milligrams of caffeine are not necessary. I think something important for really anyone to listen to is just the difference in like, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to take 400 milligrams of caffeine or I'm going to take, you know, a 300 milligram pre-workout with an energy drink and I'm going to have a crazy pump. No. You are You will not. have no pump. Caffeine is a vasoconstrictor and, and it's also somewhat of a diuretic. Therefore, you're vasoconstricted, creating less pump. You're pissing like a racehorse, getting more water out of your body leads to less pump, losing water and sodium. So all these things that are necessary for pump, caffeine kind of works against. All it does is give you energy. Absolutely. Um, so one thing I, I recommend is if you are taking in a ton of pre-workout and you're having trouble getting a pump, take a look at it. Really look at how much caffeine you're intaking. For example, I'm not a small human, and I take in 100 milligrams of caffeine before I work out. That's it. That's all. I take some pump stuff, glutamine, citrulline. All of those are great vasodilators. Niacin's a great vasodilator. There's all kinds of different vasodilators you can use. You also don't want to use too many of those because then your blood pressure is going to be too low and you're going to stand up from a set and hit the floor. Mm -hmm. So there's 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 a balance. But yeah, caffeine is it's good to get you up in the morning, good to get you going. And I'm not going to lie, I have an energy drink once a day. I have coffee. I have some form of caffeine through the day. But before working out, I no longer slam 400 milligrams because I started learning like, man, I feel great. I have so much energy. My pump sucks. I don't want to demonize caffeine because I feel right. like it does it, have it its does place. Have a benefit. However, like, like I said, I think with anything in the fitness industry, you see this, if a little works, then a lot's really going to work. Yeah. The same thing with supplements. Exactly. All supplements. All supplements. It's just like not knowing how to like take things in moderation. And I feel like when I explain this to guys, I sound like, the old head at the gym or something like that. Yeah. But they're like, you know, you know, what do you take for a pump? Yeah. You know, usually it's like when we're right, you know, we're two, three weeks out from a show, you know, veins veined, everywhere. Yeah. Veined everywhere. And you think you're flat. Yeah. And like, they're like, I'm flat. they're like, man, what, what do you take for pump? Because obviously that's a supplement. It has nothing to do with me being six percent body fat. You know, whatever. Or are you drinking a gallon and a half of water and taking sodium at the right amounts? Yeah. Sodium. Sodium is the key I want to talk about here. Yes. I'll be like, man, just uh, you know. Salt your food, hydrate, this, that, and the other. And they're like, okay, you know, gate, where can I buy it? They're like gatekeeping over here. They said, you know, you know, keep your secrets. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, know, like, we know it's the gear. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's frustrating. No, that, that is really like the key. So I use usually the last three to four weeks of prep, I start really trying to pull back on caffeine. Sure. Because I know the last week of prep, that's gone for me. And I would rather taper then just stop because that's hard to do. That's, that's kind of hard to do. See, I always did it backwards and it always hit me like a bus during oh, peak week because like I would never take, I would only take pump products the first like eight weeks of prep or something like that because I knew like these latter stages of prep, I was like, you okay, wanted your caffeine. To I, work. I wanted that caffeine to be potent. So then like, you know, I'm eight weeks out. I start taking my caffeine again. It's working really well. And then he's like, okay, you know, we're 10 days out. No more caffeine. And like, but I just got started loving it again. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's gone. doing me so good. Gone. Yeah, no, that's rough. Do um, you remember at the Charlotte show, there was a, uh, a booth set up and they were selling like protein bars and energy drinks. And I was salivating at these like the skittles. Didn't I tell you C4. you could get one as soon as you got off stage? As soon as you I got off stage. You slammed it like 
right after you got off stage. Could have like blew my heart up totally. Yeah. I'm usually slamming like brownies and here you are slamming a C4 dehydrated out of your mind already. (laughs) Well, we still had another show in like two weeks. So I guess I was kind of scared to eat a ton, but regardless. Yeah. So, so these supplements also have risk. Technically protein powder has risk. If you're taking in 10 scoops of protein a day, stop. That's, that's not good. Lastly, we talk about just your branch chain amino acids, your BCAAs. This is something that I don't put on every client's plan, but I'd like to go over with them. So if you're getting in adequate amounts of protein, typically I've learned that I don't necessarily need BCAAs. If your protein's high, if you're doing a lot of the little things, you're prioritizing recovery, BCAAs basically work to help aid in recovery, mm-hmm. be the simplest way to describe that. So... It also helps fill in deficiencies like gaps. Like you said, if you're, you know, six weeks out from a show, you had to drop protein because of digestion issues, you know, you might need BCAAs then. Um, EAAs are kind of what I use most of the time on people, especially because those are your essential amino acids, the ones you kind of have to have, versus BCAAs. If, like you said, if you're getting them in through all your food, if you're eating properly, you usually don't need them. Versus EAAs, um, essential amino acids are going to include histidine, isoleucine, leucine, lysine, methionine, phenylalanine, threonine, tryptophan, and valine. So that's what you're going to get in your EAAs. When you buy EAAs, it's going to have all, they're actually an EAA called All Nine that I tried that tasted horrible. I don't remember who made it or I would bash you. They were so bad. But EAAs typically are hard to make taste good. For some reason, these nine amino acids are just hard to make taste good. So a lot of people won't drink EAAs and they'll just stick to their peach ring BCAAs, not hating on peach ring BCAAs. I have some on my counter right now. So yeah, there's different, different needs for everyone. I would say if you are strict dieting, trying to lose 35 pounds in the next four months, you're probably going to have some deficiencies in your diet somewhere. Sure. Like I have patients that will get on a kick, you know, I'll be like, listen, my blood sugar's getting up, Miss Mary. It's time to Time to dial it back. You know, it's going to affect your kidneys soon. They'll go on this kick where they will just restrict to the most severe. And that's someone who needs BCAAs. Like myself, I could never drink a BCAA again and be just fine. But I also know I'm getting all these things. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a little different for everyone. Lastly, uh, another supplement that I like to implement with a lot of my clients is just a simple, a multivitamin and a fish oil. The fish oil. I always integrate or include if a client is going a little bit lower on their fat content. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, in prep, like we was talking about earlier, we'll get a little bit lower in our fat content and to keep that fish oil in. It's going to help with a lot of different things, but specifically just your heart health and then your hormone function. Yeah. So with fish oils, I, I do, I pretty much have everyone on one or two a day. Like you said, if they're really low, I definitely have them on two. So 2000 milligrams or you know, two grams of fish oil a day. Always make sure I have people get fish oils that have DHA and EPA. Those are the, the omega-3 fatty acids that are super heart protective. So I'm, I think they usually have a ratio of like 120 to 160. Um, so make sure if you're buying fish oil, check the bag. Make sure it has DHA, EPA in it. Those are going to be the ones that you're going to get the most benefit from. Oftentimes they're going to be a little bit more expensive. But if you're buying them without that, you're really kind of wasting. So spend a few extra dollars, get good fish oil, and you'll see it. You'll also see like a lot of progress in your uh, lipid panel as well. If you're taking your fish oils correctly, your triglycerides will drop. 
your HDL will come to where it needs to be. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of benefits to fish oil and multivitamins. Multivitamins just kind of fill fill a gap. All the gaps, kind of like what we were talking about. Yeah, with BCAAs. BCAAs, and I consider BCAA another form of multivitamin in sure. a sense. Like any micronutrient deficiency you may have, it can fill that. All your vitamins, D, vitamin C, A, K. There's so many we can do. We could go on all day. Get a good multivitamin, and then you really don't have a need for BCAAs. In, in my opinion. I think that talking about like the effects of each vitamin and like the deficiencies, what it has on the body will be an interesting topic. And we'll probably go over that in detail at yeah. a later date. Yeah. We have a, we have an episode coming up for, you know, to talk about some blood work and I'll, I'll probably bring a bunch of examples in just cause I can really kind of dive into those. We have that resource, you know, you do, you do have the resource. That is the medicine half of the muscles and medicine podcast. All right, so we're going to, we'll really dive into what I consider, so I, I see a lot of a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of athletes, you know, people that will drive from Lexington down to Williamsburg to see me just because I know the bodybuilding side of blood work really well because I've been around it. So, yeah, that's something I feel very comfortable diving into pretty deep. Trying to, I'll just list everything I would check and why I would check that, why it's important, why what that provides for you when it's optimal. I think that would be cool. I joked to Aaron earlier this week that if uh, – we get into these blood panel conversations. This may turn into a bit of an interview because I think one of the biggest pitfalls you can fall into, this is just a little bit of dad advice. Do not assume that you are the smartest guy in the room. Be open to listen, learn. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think that's how I've gotten to where I am as far as blood panels are concerned is just, it's taken a lot of time to learn, which I'm only four years into this, but I seek more knowledge on it all the time. Like, and there are still things I don't know. So there may be a question you have where I'm just going to be like, man, I don't know the best answer. Most of it related to bodybuilding, I will know. There's going to be some things where I'm like, oh, let's figure out. But it's it's all stuff that there are resources. Absolutely. There's resources to learn anything. I think people get scared of saying, I don't know. Yeah. And being afraid to like go and look something up. We're constantly trying to learn from each other. I think that's right. a really cool I would much rather say, I don't know, than give a wrong answer. Exactly. Especially, and that's... I think that comes with time as well because of my patients used to i'd be like oh let me find out but now if, if there's and i've been in it long enough now that i know most of what i need to know for what i do but there's still patients that ask me questions i'm like i don't know let's find out and then i have all the resources to know like i told someone the other day like if you knew what you needed to know to do medicine you could google medical school you could do medical school on google realistically Every we have every resource available to us. However, you don't know what you need to know. So that's kind of why it's so important to keep learning. And and you know, we learn more about the human body every day. So it's always evolving, always changing. So you just have to keep learning with it. That wraps us up for episode two. Thank you all for listening to the Muscles of Medicine podcast. If you found this episode helpful, consider sharing it with your friends and family who might also benefit from it. Um, be sure to keep up with us all our updates on social media. Our Instagram is Muscles Medicine Podcast. That's at Muscles Medicine Podcast. Um, take a moment to rate, review this show on your preferred podcast platform. We plan on being on Spotify and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Any feedback would help us as well. Um, tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you're interested in. All right, well, guys, we thank you again for listening, and you will be hearing us hearing from us again next week. Have a good day.